believe this one will be a little bit longer. Um, if you want to, turn your Bibles to John chapter 8, 9, 10 area. That's where we're going to be studying from. John chapter 8, 9, and 10. Last time, uh, last uh, month, I talked about uh, this world not being our home, how everything's just going crazy, and we have something better to look forward to. But regardless, we're stuck here for the time being, right? Uh, and we have a roadmap of how to get to heaven. But I want to ask a question, who is Jesus? We all know and have heard about Jesus, right? But who is he? In John, in various places, he actually describes himself. Uh, in John chapter 6 and verse 48, he says, I am the bread of life. John chapter 8 and verse 12, I am the light of the world. John chapter 10 and verse 9, I am the door. John chapter 10 and verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. In John chapter 11 and verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in John chapter 15, he says, I am the vine. In making these statements, Jesus told us a lot about himself, but he also told us a lot about the world that we live in. In this study, we're going to focus our attention on one of those phrases. He says, I am the light of the world. What does that mean? I am the light of the world of the world. It's recorded in John chapter 8, John chapter 8 and verse 12, where he says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He also says in John chapter 8 and verse 20, these words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught them in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. So he was teaching this same principle to those that were around him, that I am the light of the world. As we examine these worlds, what's implied, we have to notice what's implied in, about the world that we live in. We talked about this world is not our home, right? We don't want this to be it. So what do we have to look forward to? Well, when he says, I am the light of the world, that has to imply that there is darkness in the world, right? I've talked about it before. Uh, I, I like hunting. And to hunt, you got to go out early, right? You're supposed to be out there before, before light. You get in that tree stand at 4 o'clock in the morning, everything's spooky. And it's crazy. And you think there's trees right in front of you. But as soon as a little light breaks, it all changes, right? I'm sure people's been to Mammoth Cave when they turn out the lights in Mammoth Cave. That's true darkness, isn't it? You can't even see your hand in front of your face. It's a credible experience. But there is symbolism used throughout the Bible in darkness. It's used metaphorically to symbolize distress. Have you ever heard the, the phrase, somebody gets hit on the back of the head and everything's going dark, right? That's just distressful time. What about ignorance? Tanya sometimes keeps me in the dark, right? Being ignorant. What about mourning? People dress in black. Isn't there, you know, a dark cloud hanging about your head? 
And then what about finally death? Isn't that the darkest thing that we can experience? Used figuratively, it's, it's talked about the moral depravity of the world. Turn to John chapter 3. In John chapter 3 and verse 19. It says, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Doesn't that sort of describe today? And we're going to talk about that a lot more. Just a quick question, though. Was there darkness in Jesus's time? I would say, of course, right? If he's the light... Everything else must be darkness. Turn to John chapter 8 again. And we're going to read a little passage starting in verse 1. John chapter 8 starting in verse 1. It says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again to the temple. And all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. And then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst... They said to him, Teacher, this woman is caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. There was darkness all around Jesus. He knew the hearts of these Pharisees, that all they wanted to do was test him, to trap him. What did he try to do? Jesus tried to ignore it. He acted like he didn't even hear him. Can we ignore the darkness today? It's everywhere. It's seen in our news, right? You can't hardly open up Facebook or any social media without seeing some type of bad content. It's in the news, it's, it's oppression, it's greed. What about in the media? Uh, pornography, bad language, experience in life. People posting, oh, they just had a, a, an adulterous relationship and they're okay with it. The darkness is real. It's described by Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, he goes in, in depth talking about this. Uh, start in verse 17. Ephesians 4 and verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to what? Lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Described by Apostle Paul that they were futili there was futility of their minds, that their understanding had been darkened. While there's very difference, there's different degrees of darkness, uh, according to the Bible anyway, um, that we live in a world that we must contend with that darkness every day. So how do we fight that darkness? And really, there's only one way, and it's, and it's with Jesus. Because he said that he is the light, right? 
It's a claim that he also made in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Starting in verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus made that proclamation, I am the light of the world. Do you believe it? Some people think that Jesus is a light. No, that's not what he said. He said he is the light. That's indicating that he alone can only provide the true light. John chapter 14 In John chapter 14 and verse 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And we also have to understand that there are some of those today that think that they are the light. And they will proclaim themselves to be the light. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 warns us. 2 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 13, says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder. Why? Listen. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing that if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to the works. Satan himself tries to get you to think that he's good, that he's full of light, and he's not. So Jesus is, he is the light of the world. So what does that mean of the world? Does that mean he only picks who he wants to save Is it based on your skin color? Is it based on how much money you have? Is it based on where you come from? No. No. I don't know about you, but I don't know my soul's color. But I do know Jesus died for my soul. And he died for everybody's soul. Not for just the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. The Gentiles back in those days was in a lost condition. They had no chance. But Jesus died for them as well. How wonderful is it to know that in a world of darkness that we can have enough light through Jesus Christ that can light our path to him. So, how do we we get this light or see this light? Or how do we follow Jesus? Well, one, we have to become his disciple, right? By becoming his disciple, the disciple means follower. If I'm lost in the woods and I'm supposed to be following somebody with a light, will I have a better chance of making out of the woods two miles away from them? Or should I be as close as possible to them? Only those who follow him will have the light of life. Therefore, only those who become his disciples will walk in his light. How how does one become a follower of Jesus? 
For one, it become, begins with faith, right? John chapter 12. In John chapter 12 and verse 46. And I have come as a light into the world, and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. You have to have the faith, and then of course you have to be baptized. But you also have to abide in his word. But only in abiding his word are we truly his disciples. John chapter 8 again. Go back to John chapter 8. And in verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You have to ask yourself, do you, have, do you truly have Christ? If we have Christ, we will not only abide in his words, and we will not only walk in light, but we actually become a reflection of his light. Aren't we supposed to be a light that's set upon a hill? Uh, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And in verse 15, that you may become blameless, harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you what? Shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. We're supposed to be lights reflecting the light. So many times Christians today, they, we need more Christians that reflect Jesus' light. Christians today, sometimes they want to be the light. They want to say, look at my light. No, no, it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be a reflection of Jesus. We're supposed to prove what is acceptable, exposing that which is not, that which is in the darkness. Light illuminates. I know it's gross, but have you ever thought about a dirty motel room? You know, you flip on the light and what happens? You see cockroaches scatter. Yeah, I know. I told you it was gross. You know, they just scatter. Why? Because they don't like the light. They don't want to be seen. You know when it works that way with sin? A person who is in sin does not like the, fault, the, the light because they'll either have to accept it and change or they'll reject it and stay the same. Remember that story that we told? Turn back John, John chapter 8 one more time. John chapter 8. That story of Jesus. Remember how he was, they had brought that adulterous woman to him and he was trying to ignore it, right? Well, we didn't finish that story. Let's finish the story. Start in verse 6, John chapter 8. So in, in verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said, He who is without sin among you, let him throw, the, throw a stone at her first. And he again stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said, Woman, 
Where are your accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And he said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He did not, he did not say that her sin was okay. Right? He did not say, Oh, I'm cool with your adultery. That's not what it was about. You have to ask yourself, if you were there, could you have thrown the first stone? Would you have? Many today are throwing stones and not even realizing it with a second thought. Today, stones are being thrown like crazy. Ask yourself, could I have thrown a stone? But if you're confused, stumbling in the dark, making a mess of your life, there's only one way to get out of darkness. You've got to come to Jesus because he is the light of the world. You need to follow him and he will give you that light. You need to be a reflection of Jesus' light. You can become light for others. So many people are tossing stones and they shouldn't be. But if they see us not, maybe that will convince somebody else to, to you know, put down the stones. Just think about what they're doing. As you abide in his teachings, you need to understand that in a world of darkness, we need to let the light guide us. And that's our talk for our lesson for today. Uh, if there's any here that needs to make things right, uh, the water's always prepared, and we can baptize you if you need that, or come forward and make yourself known as we stand and sing.